1: continuing our conversation on nfl week six as we hopefully have a community that are having successful seasons having those wins as their teams continue towards the playoffs sean we have a couple of teams that are in pretty good shape and it looks like we're going to get those wins here again this week in week six so that will set us up hopefully as we move forward here so always nervy time if you have those teams that are you know maybe two and three maybe you need that win in week six to to keep the positive momentum moving forward you want to stay around that you know even in a team that is maybe not having the best start to the season at that 500 level and then start to push on through these bye weeks so hopefully everyone out there has got their wins in week six going to start the show sean on a topic that we're not going to dive into we're not going to extend we talk about refs sometimes in the show the officiating there is this week sean there is some baffling officiating decisions both for i guess on on monday night football or sunday night football sorry we've seen the buffalo bills edge i guess we'll say past the the giants and a very i don't know some very questionable roughing the passer calls i think is what i would highlight this week more than anything we did see at the end of that game darn waller potentially getting held in the end zone but the roughing the, rough the passer calls I, I think we are going to get to a point obviously not during the season i i think the there'll be a a, a vote on the rules committee this year to see if we can Uh, appeal not appeal for roughing the passer but appeal against roughing the passer penalties because we are seeing beyond baffling calls on textbook tackles uh on on roughing the passer and then we're seeing maybe some that aren't given but i'm not too concerned about the ones not given it's the ones that are are given and extending drives and sometimes we're seeing these offenses kind of ready to go off (laughs) they're not even appealing for it they're ready to go off sit on the side uh, and then these drives are getting extended so we'll see what happens there but the Buffalo Bills, Sean, shown 14-9 not a lot of fantasy goodness outside of Stephon Diggs in this he goes 10 for 100 yards exactly the, the interesting part I guess Wendell Robinson eight targets eight receptions 62 yards we get six for four receptions and 69 for Darius Slayton but the long of that was 31 nice to see Wendell Robinson being a focal part of the offense since he has come back from his injury and hopefully that role will continue to expand as the season goes on the other part was Saquon Barkley 24 for 93 yards on the ground for him four receptions for just the five yards in the air I I would say that it's clear that he's not 100% but he looked pretty good out there with Tyrod Taylor trying to help this team at quarterback but um, when we are when we are looking at the situation with Barkley I think we're going to see him continue to be what he was I don't think we're going to see him get back to, you know, I mentioned how he looked against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think we see him get back to that kind of uh, electric best at that particular point.
2: Colin, this is another one of those games where this unstoppable Bills offense looks very mediocre and you question the usage, right, for the different players. You have James Cook, 14 carries, 71 yards. By contrast, Latavius Murray, 12 carries, 45 yards. You've got to have a bigger gap there with where Latavius Murray currently is in his career trajectory but the main thing is if you don't want to give James Cook the ball as a pure runner I mean he's got to get the ball in the passing game here this balance between carries and reception simply won't work especially when you're not getting the ball successful to the other players here the Giants are able to come out and shut down every receiver other than Stephon Diggs Gabe Davis came into this game That may be vaguely similar to Puka Nakua. Now, his has been a little bit more touchdown-based, whereas, obviously, Puka has done a ton of pure volume. But Gabe Davis having an excellent season coming in, only catches three balls in this one. Dawson Knox has a
1: fumble as well.
2: Dawson Knox, the number two guy in targets, and finishes with only three catches for 17 yards. Dalton Kincaid out, Khalil Shakir, failing to take a step forward the season has never really even gotten that role Column, I mean, this is all digs. And so Diggs does enough to help carry them over the line. But you mentioned those pass interference calls, or I should say, I'm sorry, roughing the passer. It is frustrating. One of the things that we all agree on is that we want the quarterbacks to be protected, but there's just such a clear cut difference between number one helmet to helmet hits that are brutal assault types of plays that obviously have no business in the game and that players should be immediately ejected for or probably suspended for you know three four five games and plays where defensive linemen who are roughing the passer may contact helmet to helmet because as you're coming in and you have your arms extended to try and knock down passes it's going to be virtually impossible for two gigantic men to come into contact and have that not be a potential issue. Now, obviously, it's not an issue. You have these tackles like you saw at the end of the Chiefs-Denver Broncos game where a perfect-form tackle through the body, and you can't go low, and you don't want them to go low. You don't want that injury to the knees. You don't want the injury to the head. When these guys drive through and wrap, which is what we got in the Chiefs game, and I, you, know, you tend to remember the ones that take a potential shutout off the board for a fantasy defense that you're playing. It actually brought that game back to one score late. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that they absolutely and utterly dominated. You know, you could say Harrison Bucker potentially dominated. I mean, this was a game that they, I mean, since I'm claiming that it would have been a shutout without that play, then probably arguing that Russell Wilson could have scored a second touchdown in this game. I mean, that probably would have needed an entire new game. Considering how dominant the Chiefs defense was, Versus that Broncos offense, but that play shouldn't be in there. Tell him I haven't had a chance to see the specific play you're referring to. I don't know if it's helmet to helmet or if it's one of these where the body weight is landing. No, it's neither. It's
1: neither. It's uh, like kind of textbook. Uh, couldn't do anything better. But uh, not just this game. I, I brought that up more so for a topic for the week in general. We've seen a number of them even in the the game in London. There just seemed to be a number of penalties that were kind of non-existent. Uh, there's also a, a penalty for uh, Josh Allen kind of throws the ball downfield and his hand is hit as he's thrown it and then he falls down kind of onto his own shoulder but it's you know trying to block the ball one hand hits the other arm the quarterback is running and is leaning and that puts him off balance but you know uh, they're not they're not you know intentional plays that are trying to physically harm an opponent so th- there is the rule is there to protect quarterback from people trying to knock them out of the game whether it's helmet to helmet whether it's the knees whether it's the body weight one that you mentioned there but it's just excessive force and now we're into a period where games are being affected in a multitude of ways across really it's very hard at the moment to not see something like that in a game at some point uh, during an NFL week and I think that's kind of affecting the quality of the game. I I mentioned this on shows from time to time. I'm a big soccer fan. The premier league at the moment is having an incredibly big issue with the VAR, the video assistant referee system being, I guess I'll say not fit for purpose, but we're getting into a situation where the NFL here, some of these flags are, are, are making me feel similar watching the games.
2: Yeah. I think what fans want and certainly what fantasy managers want is just a fair, accurate game. We joke from time to time on the show, I criticize the officials or criticize some of the commentators for claiming that defenses have it rough these days. I mean, defenses go out there and hold all the time. You have a situation where T. Higgins mentioned on the previous show another disastrous performance from him, and yet you know he does get called for another offensive pass interference where he's just kind of knocking the guy's hand away from holding it. I mean, T. Higgins is going to have to realize that You can't have any contact as the offensive player. And as the defensive player, you can have a ton going all the way up to holding them. Those rules are kind of tough, right? It lets the defense really do things that you're not supposed to do and make the game a lot less fun. The flip side of that is that you also want the plays on the quarterbacks to be adjudicated correctly. You you, You want the right answer. And a personal foul on roughing the passer that is inaccurate, not only does it cause a penalty type of issue there. But when you consider the types of game situations in which so many of those come, it's essentially a turnover. And I mean, the turnovers are massive leverage plays when you get either a defensive stop on a third down late as a team is potentially going in to score versus getting that roughing the passer, get the 15 yards, you're down there now, maybe first and goal. Those calls have to be right. And I mean, I think that most of us who point out officiating errors from time to time also would say, you know, we don't really want that job ourselves because it would be very difficult. You're going to make some mistakes. But I do think that when you're talking about the roughing the passer penalty, you've got to see it clearly. It's got to be – I mean, it's got to be a penalty. It can't be one of these where we're trying to protect the quarterbacks and we're throwing flags on just anything that happens. So – as we progress hopefully that gets better the main thing really is player safety and i mean if this is actually leading to a situation where quarterbacks are safer then maybe you accept some of those but fans of sport just just want the right calls i mean the right calls are so important
1: i agree moving on though sean now to a game where i teased this on the first show of the weekend to reveal you know peel back the curtain for listeners we're recording these back to back as sean is on his travels as we mentioned previously but we're jumping in to the game that i teased, and that was from a running back in travis edn edn here in his last two weeks sean has you know had two of his more productive back-to-back games in his, his NFL career as so we see him you know get in the end zone multiple times he had 136 rushing yards for two touchdowns last week he has 55 rushing attempts this year or this week sorry for two touchdowns as well so four touchdowns in those games some frustration still with the usage, but I was actually impressed in this game. There was more, not every attempt, but there was more attempts to run to the edges of the offensive line rather than straight down the middle. He dominates the carries completely in this. There's 29 total team carries. He, is 20, he has 18 of them, but there's you know one to Darren Johnson, three to Lawrence, three to Tanks Bigsby, CJ Beathard he gets three, and then we get Calvin Ridley with one. So, you know, overall team dominated here by uh travis etienne we also get him getting three receptions on three targets for 28 yards the other part sean i guess in this is we are getting use out of evan ingram and i feel like it's more of a ppr tight end premium usage seven targets seven receptions 41 yards which is going to be valuable at a position where week-to-week consistency is is very hard to find at that position but christian kirk three for 49 and one on six targets calvin ridley four to 30 on eight targets kirk seems like the guy that you would want to have moving forward i actually have some rosters where i have both of those guys and uh you know i'd rather be putting kirk for the consistency moving forward i think the offense is better working through kirk and even zay jones if he was to come back than it is with ridley i'm i'm not sure just yet maybe they haven't found a way to use him i know in week one this sounds weird week one they used him exceptionally well but it feels like It's not working as well as maybe they hoped. in the offense this week, I think, did look better not going his way as much, even though he does have the most targets on the team with those eight targets. On the other side, Sean, it's Gardner Minshew, 329 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, a couple of bad, bad throws in there. But we don't get much going in the running game because when we get to halftime, it is 21 to six. We get seven carries for Zach Moss, 21 yards and a touchdown. We get Jonathan Taylor, eight for 19 going his way he does look good in the air he gets one reception that is 40 yards but it's five for 46 in total we get six receptions for 38 for for zach moss so really still split in the backfield i would expect that that's going to get more towards taylor as we move forward here josh Downs, sean one of your boys he gets in the end zone eight targets five for 21 and a touchdown for him 52 total targets in this one sean they are uh 14 of those going to Michael Pittman, heavily focused on Pittman and the running backs in this one. Nine for 109 for Pittman. Any takeaway standing out for you here with the, the Jaguars and the Colts? The Jaguars now four and two on the season after having a number of very shaky performances, the Colts three and three. So I think after six games, both these teams probably happy with where they are. The other concern, Sean, is that it does sound from the reports like Gardner Minshew may be in here for the 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 majority of the rest of the season sounds like Anthony Richardson may undergo a season-ending procedure. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live events, the atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though, of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats. And that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets on their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and Use the code RotoViz for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RotoViz for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, that would be really unfortunate in the preview that I wrote of Dynasty startup strategy and working through the relevance of QBs, the priority that many managers place on QBs, how that fits into your first round tactics, the overall strategy, things you need to be aware of, this element of rushing quarterbacks and the injury risk that they have and understanding that, yeah, There are going to be injury risks for the other bad quarterbacks as well. The players who are taking a lot of hits in the pocket, you get devastating injuries in those cases. But the risk that you have for a player like an Anthony Richardson comes in a potential loss of longevity in that the athletic portion of that, the rushing portion of it, may not age in the same way that you're going to get the passing portion. So you've got these multiple risks and this cluster of risk factors has been a problem for Richardson early on. I think that obviously some of that is fluky and it's unlucky. It's just the same unfortunate result that we get from some of our favorite running backs. But number one, it's really disappointing because it did look like he was going to go out there and do some impressive things for the Colts, even if the passing was a, a pretty big limitation for him in the early going. And then you, kind of flip it and look at where we are with Gardner Minshew now and he's able to move the ball right the Colts average more yards per play in this game they run 75 plays and so garbage time is big for Indianapolis and I think that because of the way this team projects to play with Minshew garbage time could be a much bigger factor with him than it would have been for Richardson and so drafters who went ahead and took the plunge on Michael Pittman there's a really good chance that you're a big winner the rest of the way now his nine for 109 game even without getting a touchdown in this one the touchdown does go to Josh Downs he is number two in targets on the team as you mentioned he looked really good in terms of getting open underneath early he did have a third down potential conversion where he wasn't quite able to pull it in again it would have been a difficult play but A star needs to make that not that he's a star yet obviously but we're thinking about where he's going what types of plays you need to win this particular game any of those types of conversions early might have made it an interesting game late because after they get up 31 to 6 the jaguars do have some struggles here i mean trevor lawrence throws for fewer than 200 yards he has a big pick you have another game where the receivers just really aren't doing anything right calvin really only catches four of his eight targets only gains 30 yards he's back you know right back where he's been in so many of the games this season a couple of blow-up games for him a couple of blow-up spots but mostly it has been this and christian kirk has been the leader but he's also held under 50 yards only catches three passes your point about evan ingram and how he's kind of a manufactured touch guy at tight end we've got some of these tight ends who more or less run you can say normal routes or normal depth routes and kind of are the catalyst for their team. You've got some other players who are more manufactured tight end screen types of guys and are run after the catch. Evan Ingram came into this week, I believe, easily leading the position in yards after the catch. The fact that he catches all of them here, he has a 19 yard gain and still only goes for 41 total yards. It gives you a feel for where he's catching the ball between Having the vertical receivers not doing enough volume, having your manufactured guy sort of leading the way but not giving you the dynamism that you would like to see. This is a game where ETN goes three for 28. The passing game is still missing something, right? We're not full-blown Trevor Lawrence yet as a potential star. Hopefully, he's completely healthy. This game has a lot of points, right? You go 57 overall. You get the garbage time scores. You get those two scores for Travis ETN early. With ETN to get those two touchdowns more or less right as the game starts and look really good on both of the individual runs, and then finish 18 for 55, that part is tough because you're thinking this could be one of those 35, 40-point games. It doesn't go that direction.
1: Yeah, it felt like they didn't really need to just maybe push it as much as they, they could have. But, Sean, with what we talked about for a couple of weeks where there was, people probably could tell in my voice, quite a bit of frustration with how, ETN was getting used the last two weeks, even though maybe this week didn't hit as high as we felt it could have after the, the opening of this game. Still pretty <laughs> happy with the usage overall. Going to run through a couple of games here, a little bit rapid fire that you mentioned there was points in that game. Not a lot of points in some of these, but still fantasy days that can be used. I'm going to start with the Detroit Lions, Sean Jared Goff, Pretty efficient. We've mentioned on the show, home road split sometimes for him, not being as good on the road but 20 to 6 they beat the tampa bay buccaneers in a game where they kind of led the entire way five and one now in the season for the, the detroit lions and they've been a lot of fun to watch and if we look through the way both offenses really not a huge amount to talk about on the the buccaneers side nothing of huge excitement but i'm on ross st brown back looks pretty healthy 15 targets 12 receptions one two four yards and a touchdown got to give a shout out to craig reynolds sean on the I'm on Ross and brown touchdown makes you know we talk about effort play sometimes we've shouted this out more this season than any other times but an incredible block to just uh, a play that is going to just be going you know stopping where it is the block opens it up for those additional yards it's a play when i was watching it live i was like yeah well that there's a, a catch in a, a couple of yards and next thing the block comes in and he, he's in the end zone and i'm like oh really Uh, So that was a a fun play. Sam Laporta does play. He gets 11 targets, Sean, just four receptions, 36 yards. Seemed to be always just a a little bit of uh, timing issues in this game with him and and, um, Jared Goff, but positive to see the 11 targets going his way. If we look at 44 attempts for Jared Goff, we have 26 targets going the way of St. Brown and Laporta, which is what we're hoping to see here. The other player that got some targets in this, just the three targets, but gets a 45-yard touchdown in it, Sean. Jamison Williams getting in the end zone. Nice to see him having those effective plays. And hopefully, now, you know, there's been obviously the suspension, there's been lots of concerns with how he's dealing with things off the field. I'm hoping that we're starting to see him kick into gear. A really spectacular athletic play there from him. If we bounce in then. To the Vikings and the Bears Sean a lot of quarterbacks going down with injuries this week one of those being Justin Fields finger injury does go out does wanted to play on but they've ruled him out for the game Uh, Tyson Badgen comes in 10 for 14 83 yards one interception for him does get a rushing touchdown two for four on the ground Justin Fields have been off to a good day on the ground prior to the injury eight for 46 Dante Foreman the lead back in this one but you know dj moore back to earth with five for 51 and nothing really happening throughout the rest of the passing game there for chicago on the other side we obviously have no justin jefferson but nothing to talk about 181 passing yards for cousins one touchdown that that's about the the height of the excitement 19 to 13 and a a pretty tough game to watch all around and i want to give one more game before we let sean hit us with any thoughts that he has on it that is the the patriots And the Raiders, we get Jimmy Garoppolo going out with an injury. Brian Hoyer comes in to help the team move on to a victory. And you know, people might be almost questioning Brian Hoyers Is he still with the Patriots? No, he he's with the the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of former Patriots on this Raiders roster, including both quarterbacks. Mac Jones is a quarterback, has some struggles in this game. Billy Cunningham was kind of in and out, but did not throw a pass during the game, did take a sack for a five-yard loss. Sean, the, the Kendrick Bourne, I think, and the running backs is probably the talking point here. Bourne, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 89 yards. Continues to look pretty good in terms of the offense. The rest of the offense, outside of Stevenson in this one, he gets six targets, five receptions, 24 yards. So positive to see him being used in the receiving game, but... You no, know, we get one reception for Farrell Brown, one for Elliott, one for Ty Montgomery, one for Devontae Parker, one for Hunter Henry, one for Taekwondo Thornton. A bad drop in this one from Devontae Parker. You know, we we often talk in this about Juju Smith-Schuster, but on Devontae Parker, three targets, one reception, seven yards, does have a uh, should be a catch. They they extended him. Looks to be like the, the front office has continued to just make per move after per move after per move with those contracts, those extensions, and which players they've let go. This looks. Unfortunately well, for Devontae Parker and the Patriots to be another one of those. But Stevenson goes out in this game. Looks like, you know, a pretty could be significant injury. And I kind of thought, well, Stevenson's season has gone really tough so far. We're, we're about to get into even tougher territory with a an IR stint or a season ending injury. Does come back in 10 for 46, one touchdown on the ground, along with the receiving stats that I mentioned. So that was positive. That touchdown was after he went out. So he came in and got continue to get work after that point so 10-7 in terms of the the splits to the running backs between him and Elliott but much more usage in the passing game for Stevenson again we're hoping that Stevenson's season can improve this may be maybe maybe the first sign of of life but anything Sean in those games that I I ran through as I get my breath again that that stood out for you
2: well it is good to see Ramondre Stevenson play a little bit better. And to get that touchdown with Elliott scoring earlier, this is another game that feels like an absolute meltdown, especially as you mentioned with the potential injury. And yet a silver lining coming out of it. We really liked Kendrick Bourne. He's the only guy who can get open on this offense. The only other player to draw more than three targets was Stevenson as the running back there. We do get more from Jacoby Myers on the Raider side. We get a breakout performance from Michael Mayer at tight end. That development is exciting, Colin. We have a lot of him in both best ball and in Dynasty. This is another game on the Raiders side where Josh Jacobs can't get anything going on the ground and kind of following a little bit of a theme of the games for all weekend and then also these games that you just profiled for us where running backs really struggling to help their teams a lot of very negative plays you mentioned the Buccaneers game that's one where Rashad White gets seven carries for 26 yards and is not involved very heavily as a receiver he does have the three receptions but only for 12 yards Rashad White really weak numbers in terms of yards per touch you have Keyshawn Vaughn in as the number two and he's even worse the six carries for nine yards the Buccaneers to get where they want to go and they've had a pretty decent start to the season even with the loss to Detroit I mean Detroit may be have the third or fourth you know a top five team they got a really strong argument for obviously at five and one and three and oh on the road not an embarrassing loss but the buccaneers have done some positive things they've got to get that part of it figured out david montgomery craig reynolds really hard to run into the buccaneers front so on both sides of the ball there you get basically no efficiency and then as we think back to that vikings bears game Jordan Addison continues to get these one-off scores that have really helped him from a fantasy perspective, really helped him with those individual best ball weeks if you you know needed some type of TD but even better in start set where if you did start him the touchdown keeps him from being a big hole in your roster but not really generating the type of target volume that we would want to see alexander madison again under 2.5 yards per carry camp Akers not involved i expected him to come out and be a bigger part of this game the 18 to 1 column nothing to see there in terms of injuries right i mean that's just the vikings preferring to go with madison even though it's hurting them he, Again, seven targets only 28 yards there these guys efficiency drains and I mean, the Vikings probably are okay with that from one perspective in that they probably prefer to lose these games. This was a chance for them to get the inside track on the number one seed, and that part of it they don't do successfully with Justin Fields going out. But this theme, again, that has been important to us about landing the most talented running backs, this was a weekend where we saw the guys who are sort of just replaceable types of players they didn't do anything from a production perspective.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And Sean, though, uh, I guess somebody we did talk about possibly being in that mold, I'm going to hit on him now because I, I was very impressed with one player that I'd been kind of advising to p- people to sell on a couple of weeks ago, and that was Kyron Williams in the the Rams-Cardinals game. I, I was impressed with his overall uh, burst, I guess we'll say, in this 20 for 156 and one on the ground going his way. No, no targets going his way, but look pretty look pretty sharp sean uh matthew stafford like this is a game where you know when we're talking about these games where you need the other team to make you have to score the points this was a game where that didn't happen 26 to nine rams beat cardinals stafford really can play a little bit within himself in terms of the targets 21 targets to the receivers here but we get cooper cup with nine we get nakua with seven and then it's three to higby one to well one to ronnie river so nothing really happening in the passing game but cooper cup seven for one 48 and a touchdown is cooper cup the wide receiver one in this offense was what people may have been wondering a couple of weeks ago when he was not there the answer is yes cooper cup is one of the best wide receivers in the entire league so that was not really a surprise and we had seven targets for nakua who i mentioned four for 26 going his way on the opposite side you know Demarcado was a pickup that was prioritized with james connor being out, he gets two for 11 on the ground, gets one target, one reception for six yards. So it's going to be hard for a few weeks, I think, here to to trust this running back room. Uh, County Ingram at 10 carries for 40. Damian Williams, eight for 36. Michael Wilson, three for 62 in the air. But I guess some people might be interested in Trey McBride, five targets, four receptions, 62 yards. A lot of that, though, coming in garbage time, including the last catch of the game, which you know ended the, the clock he also had five targets Zach Ertz had five targets he went two for 22 so it's not a case that he's leading the wide receiver room in anything in terms of targets but we are starting to see him get a little bit more usage and then sean a game i wanted to finish up with was the commanders and the falcons 24 to 16 this is a game that the falcons i think will be wondering how they didn't when they had some incredibly bad decisions in this game and speaking of bad decisions the Giants at the end of the first half went for a Russian play for Saquon Barkley didn't get in clock expires terrible coaching decision there as well but in this particular one turnovers in the end zone we have three interceptions for Desmond Ritter but he does have 307 yards and two touchdowns passing um you know with Drake London goes over 100 yards he has 12 targets one two five nine receptions Kyle Pitts gets in the end zone which I was very happy to see enjoyed that one six targets 43 yards four receptions and the touchdown and then the downside of that sean is John smith continues to be a factor five for four receptions 36 yards and a touchdown going his way on the other side it was a mixture between everybody in terms of what was happening but we have talked about sam howell takes the sacks gets five sacks again loses 30 yards but does complete 14 of 23 for one five one and three touchdowns some great throws in there that i was very impressed by but this is a game where in terms of total yards 72 rushing yards 151 receiving yards for the washington commanders 106 rushing yards and 307 receiving yards here for the falcons so an interesting game but turnovers really crushed the falcons in this one but three and three for for both teams moving forward and Sam Howell continues to to put up those fantasy points which is uh, is nice to see any final thoughts on those games or anything else sean from nfl week six as we we close out here
2: well you mentioned the quality of the Sam Howell throws those just leap off the screen
1: uh, so so good so impressed some of the throws there's some throws where you're like uh oh, and there's some throws or sacks where you're like just throw it away but then there's some throws where you're like i don't know if there's many other people in the nfl making some of these throws
2: yeah I, the, the arm quality the throw quality so elite and yet you mentioned the sacks five more sacks in this game today especially when you consider how infrequently they drop back to pass <laughs> a, a lot of total plays for yeah. Washington that part and that's what you know is going to happen when you face off against the Falcons and how their game plan will be to suck <laughs> to suck the life out of the game basically Right, they're gonna try and kill the game right from the beginning, and yet, I mean, that's just—it's too high a percentage. The other element there, Jahan Dotson gets shut out, only the one target.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say the dynasty league, Sean. At this point, I would—Dotson is callable, I think, in you know any redraft settings that he's in at the moment.
2: It's absolutely brutal what's going on. And then you look at some of the other player usage, Chris Rodriguez to get the four carries. It's like, it's only four. It's not that big a deal. But with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson desperate for carries, I mean, Gibson only the three in this game, and both of those guys made really nice plays for receiving touchdowns, you know, give them a reward, let them run, let's see what they can do. I'd prefer not to have Rodriguez out there. So some kind of fly in the ointment elements to the Washington offense, when we think from a fantasy perspective, on the Falcons side, I think with. Desmond Ritter, the number one thing you're looking for. Now, you can't get to the point where, you know, you're going to get benched. You're completely losing games. And there is a little bit of that element with the three interceptions. But to move the ball like this, to throw for 307 yards, granted, you know, it's 47 attempts. But this is a game where you get nine for 125 for Drake London. That part is huge. It makes him very viable. Kyle Pitts with the touchdown and the touchdown early. To have those guys as a one-two punch, this was not a good game for Bijan John Robinson, but we know that's not going to generally be the case. I don't think we have to be too worried there. As we see the three stars emerge together and a quarterback who is moving the ball for them, it seems like really bright days are coming. I think that you could make some moves maybe to create a little bit more exposure to Atlanta. Again, the flip side of that, though, is always you have to deal with Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. I mean, his career right now really feels like it could go either way. Make sure you're getting good prices. And just if, if you are someone who is exposed to the Falcons, if you're a Falcons fan in fantasy or in reality, make sure you really put out some strong vibes, we'll say, call them, over the next month. This team looks like it's ready to emerge, but... I mean, there are red flags, and and you do also worry about a complete meltdown there in Atlanta. This was a weird game, but weird games are almost exclusively what the Falcons do play. It was also a fun game. Hopefully, you got the fantasy points you needed. Hopefully, you had Dotson on the bench.
1: So that is going to do it for the end of this one. Hopefully, you have enjoyed it. As I mentioned, Sean putting in those extra hours as he travels. So thank you to him for jumping on here, giving us his thoughts on NFL Week 6 we will be back on friday we're going to be talking about some dynasty decision points about your roster how to make those decisions what moves you would look to make it will be beneficial as well for redraft but a a key focus on dynasty for this one my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter add over to martin my co-host as always is sean siegel and until we are back have a good one